Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hello, and welcome to The Living Room. My name is Michelle, and I'm your host today, and I am joined by Heather and Jody. And we are so excited to be with you today. Today, we are talking about communication, but we're talking about a specific kind of communication, the kind where you share with someone that you care about and love, and you have a goal, a dream, a thought, or an idea that really matters to you or that is important to you. This is a great conversation as we start to think about New Year's resolutions, but really anytime, because I like to have goals and ideas that come up, how do you talk to your friends and family about the things that are the most important to you and the ways that you want to change without them ridiculing you or without them saying, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard? And how do you turn them into some of your biggest cheerleaders? Now, that's not to say that our family and friends don't cheer us on from the very beginning, but the real question is, is have you ever had one of those conversations where you thought to yourself in advance, hey, this is what I want to have accomplished, and whether that's at work with your boss or even with your employees or with your spouse or with your children or with your dearest friends, where at the end you thought to yourself, that's really not how I thought that was going to go. Maybe I'm the only one that suffers with oh, these no. problems. You're totally <laughs> the only one. It's just you. I it's went just through all the conversations I've had like in the last maybe month or so. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those scenarios, it's like, oh, yeah. Is that how I really, I didn't really think that was going to go that way. So we're going to talk about this. This is something that I have been doing a lot of work and research, I should say, though I am not an academic in any way. Let's just be clear about that. Um, thinking about researching and actually trying different ways because I work with a lot of women through my work who struggle getting support from their family and friends. And what I have found is not that their goals or dreams or ideas are too big or too crazy, but that they're actually talking about it in the wrong way. And I don't like to use that term wrong, like there's something wrong or bad, but there are better ways that we can talk about it. So before we dive into what I have is a four-step process to have some of these conversations. I want to ask you, ladies, about some times that you might have been reaching out to either friends or family to give you support and how those conversations went and how you've had to approach them or even prepare for them to have some of those. Jody, go for it. Oh, you're going to make me go first. Well, I, I have recently just decided there's some things I want to do. My health has improved, and I'm excited about moving kind of just some next space, some other spaces, some new spaces that I haven't been able to go to. And those doors have kind of opened up. And I did, I was uh, actually talking to a family member and I just kind of blurted out, hey, you know, this is probably something I want to do, say in the next uh, couple months, and then maybe do this a year from now. And even the look on my family member's face just told me, what are, you know, what are you thinking? It just was that uh, that message that um, I'm not on the same page you are. And what it did was it, I shut down all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And when do I ever shut up? When do I not have a word to say? I'm trying <laughs> to work on not having a word to say as often. But I, I didn't know how to respond even to the body language and everything. And so I remember driving home and kind of second guessing. And, uh, and then I, I thought, okay, wait a minute. One, I've received what I feel is inspiration. Two, 
I'm excited about this. I'm passionate about it. Three, I've got my health back and all these. But for that moment, the message was kind of given to me. as ah, So I, I want to learn from you because I want to learn this four-step process. I want to be able to not freeze, not withdraw, um, and not second-guess myself. You know, have more of an engaging conversation that moves us forward. Sure. That's what we all want, right? Yeah. Well, we we'll always want people to say, I'll cheer you on in whatever you do. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's supposed to work that way. That's what, I mean, that's what our, that's what we're just made to feel. And that's not always what happens. Sure. Well, and I think it's interesting. There's a lot of misconception, I think, too, because naturally, especially if we're talking to like our husbands or to men, sometimes it's not so much that we need someone to say, yes, go do this right now. It's just that we need someone to validate and listen to the fact that we're hopeful in something or we're thinking about something. Mm -hmm. And so I know, I know a lot. If I, if I take an idea sometimes to my husband, he's very logical about it and he's problem solving it. And I'm just like, no, wait, I, I just need you to listen to me about it for a little. Like I'm not, I'm not really tomorrow going to do this. It's just some thoughts that I've had, but for them, they see it very differently. So where they're looking at it one way, we're looking at it another. And sometimes that just creates that misunderstanding Mm -hmm. or that, lack of validation because we think about it different. Yeah, we right. see it differently. Well, and I think that there's like the old stereotypes, like men are from Mars, women are from Venus and men feel th- different things and can see things differently. But I see that across male and female splits because there are some people who are more logical and some people who mm-hmm. are more um, idealistic and dreaming about things. And that's definitely the case in me with me and my husband. While I am still a very logical and detail-oriented person, I'm all about ideas. And if I pass a, a empty business building on the street, I think to myself, what can I put there? And what should we do with that? And I start talking about it out loud. And I'm not going to act on all of those. But I think about it. But my husband, in his defense, had to just stop listening to those because he couldn't oh. hear everything and every idea that I ever had. So when I finally was like, I'm going to do something, he was like, no, you're not because and and not that he wasn't trying to be supportive but was just like wait a minute I thought all those things were just ideas and and so we do have to figure out how to talk to each other and a lot of these things are pertinent about the person itself about who it is but one of the things that I think is good for us to talk about is how we whether you're men men or women but I know that most of our listeners are women how we think about something and how we present it in the first place will often get us a lot better support than if we're throwing things out there. That said, there have to be times for us to be able to say, hey, I'm just tossing out ideas or, hey, I just had this beforehand. And so there's lots of different levels of communication and different types and different needs. And this just kind of meets one of them. But one of the things that I have found is that you know, I worked with women who wanted to start businesses and they would call their spouses or talk to them on the phone and say, hey, I want to do this business, whether it's in direct sales or I worked with a woman who did a hair bow business or people who make crafts or people who start technology companies. I mean, it doesn't really matter the places and some are super supportive from beginning to end and others are dumb or they call their moms and their moms say, you're stupid. Why are you doing this? It's always, Mm. it's going to fail. Seven out of 10 businesses fail. Stop doing that. But I also found that with women who just wanted to meet with their husbands and say, Hey, I need to exercise more. Like I am home with the kids and I love it, but I need blank. I need a hobby. I need a something. And so sometimes just knowing when there ever needs to be a change, we need to have one of these enrolling conversations. So I'm going to run through these four steps really quickly. And then we're going to talk about some things that we can do and maybe even share some other stories about how to have these conversations. So knowing that my husband struggled with this, this is something I tried to perfect. So lucky for you, I've had all of the wrong conversations to figure out how to do it the right way. 
But hey, at least you were paying attention because I've had all the wrong <laughs> conversations too, but I don't have the four-step process down. Oh, so. And that doesn't mean it always works, but generally speaking, I would say 97% of the time this conversation works. And that doesn't mean that I have to be careful because I told this to one client and she called me on the phone and she's like, I followed your four-step process. My husband didn't do what I wanted. And you said he, I was going to get that end result. This is not about manipulation. This is about powerfully explaining what you need and then having a discussion. And sometimes in the end of these four steps after discussing with my husband or my friends or my employees or whatever, I'll realize that something different completely needs to happen. But um, these four steps will help you get to that point to decide what really is the right thing. So step number one is the idea, whatever it is. If it's a business that you want to start, if it's a a New Year's resolution that you want to have happen and you're trying to get somebody to be accountable with, um, if it's a hobby that you want to begin, if it's just something different that needs to happen in your home or at your workplace. I use this with my employees anytime we start a new project, but just start with what the idea is because sometimes we tell people this is what I'm doing, period, and we leave, which I have found to be not effective communication. But um, starting with what your idea is, is great. The second step is really just a statement of clarification that means I've thought it out and this is my decision. So it's acknowledging that some things are different than others and that some ideas are just needing to be discussed. But this is, hey, and even a statement to my husband, hey, I know I've talked about a lot of bit different business ideas. This is the one I've picked and decided on. So it's a decision that, hey, I'm, I'm past the brainstorming phase. This is where I'm kind of landing. It's essentially a statement of commitment. Yeah, it's you, a commitment you, for yourself. It's a decision you've already yes. made, a commitment you've made. And you're telling them that you're committed. And I've had this conversation with a friend who used to bring me treats all the time where I was like, hey, I'm trying to lose some weight. Ah, yeah. I know that I've told you this 700 times. <laughs> But this time I'm totally committed. And so I had to read, I had to tell her and walk through this process with her so she would stop bringing me treats. And that, that ban has been lifted. In yeah. case you were wondering. Just so, but, we know. so we know. Yeah, you're welcome to bring me treats yeah. at any time. Um, but, not ban. <laughs> but it's true. So I had to tell her I have committed to this. Instead of just saying, oh, I had this idea because I've done it so many times, I had to say, nope, I'm committed. Do not bring me any treats. Do not bring me half-eaten cookies. Do not bring me half-eaten donuts. Half-eaten? Well, sometimes what kind when of you're sharing, is this? when you're sharing, <laughs> you're like, I what? Really good. Like, I do not want half-eaten treats. We need to have a show about the That's joys great. of eating half things. Yeah. Well, I get that. It's just I want to eat pie. half I'll of totally it. Do I don't want. That. No, no, I don't want the whole thing. I want half also. I just don't want to eat my half after someone else has already eaten the first after half. Bit, I'm, and I'm yeah. saying I've got really good friends. Well, there, if they start to eat something awesome, we'll bring me the You evidently half. trust them yeah. a great yes, deal. Yes, it's true. And they trust me because I take them half. And they're germs. And they're germs. They're yeah. I try. yeah, I forget that you're half. my germ friend. Okay, oh, if I I'm ever not too germy. you half of something, I will cut it. Okay, yeah. so you won't see my teeth. Okay, okay perfect. We have digressed away <laughs> from the four-step totally process. Note. Okay. But I do feel like that was very important. But we're back to commitment. I'll bring we're back you right to the back, commitment, right? number two. So it's like a statement of, I've thought this out. I'm committed to this course of action. So we explain an idea. We explain the idea. And then we level. make it clear. Make it clear that you that have decided. We, it's not up for discussion. It, right. I mean, it is, but it's not. Right. We're committed to doing this. And Step I three, found then. that this is one of the most important because, especially in a business sense, if you were to say to somebody, hey, this is the idea that I have and I've committed to this, they are less likely to tell you you're stupid, you're crazy, you're dumb, or try right. to talk you out of it. 
because you've said you're committed. But if you're just talking about it like an idea, then they're going to try to say, well, have you thought of this? And have you thought of that? But if you commit, that often limits some of the naysaying that comes from other people. So I have a question for you then to clarify the idea part. How much information do you give before you get to yes. the statement of commitment? Clarification? Okay. I think that the idea is like a one sentence idea. Ah, okay. The overview. Because step three, which is the perfect transition into that, is the actual plan. So okay. one of the things that, like, for example, in a goal, and we'll take just the weight loss goal because that seems to be common for people and myself on a very regular basis. But if I say I'm going to, to lose some weight or just choose a healthier lifestyle or even just eat better fruits and vegetables, if I say that's my idea and that I'm committed to it, the next part has to be the plan. So if I go to the grocery store, I'm going to pick 10 fruits or vegetables before I leave. And I'm going to make sure that I get this many fruits and vegetables before noon. And I'm going to do this and this and this by dinner time so that I'm all done. That's the plan. So the beginning is I'm going to eat more fruits and vegetables or I'm going to lose this much. I'm committed to it. This is how I'm going to do it. Makes sense. So people don't necessarily love the plan before they know your commitment level because then they want to say, oh, no, have you tried this? Have you done that? Have you tried this? Do you want to do that? Uh -huh. But if you say you're committed and this is what I'm doing, they're less likely to make you change. Now. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's all over at that point because the last question is the most important. The, the, last, the last step number four is where a lot of discussion comes in. So the last part is a, is a question of support. Okay, so the first is idea, the second is the commitment, the third is the plan, and the fourth is the question of support. Now, often it's just something as simple as can you support me in that, which is yes or no. Um, sometimes other conversations come up and you need to adjust or address. I give an example when I'm speaking about how I've made a commitment to my family that I really only travel away from home, sleeping in a hotel far away once a month. And it's not one day, but like one trip a month. And I had something come up where I knew I needed to be gone again, and it was an awesome opportunity for work. And so I had to approach my husband and say, this just barely popped up. Um, I know I need to go to do this thing. I know I'm also breaking the commitment that I've had to you, but I also don't have any plans to travel next month. Here's the plan. I've got some, my mom helping with some things. I've got other people helping during the day. You don't need to take time off of work. So I shared the whole plan. And then I asked him a question, under what circumstances can you support me in that? So I didn't just leave it yes or no. That's the end of it. But I what like else do you need from me? Under what circumstance? I mm -hmm. like that. Because it opens up conversations and he can say, yes, I have something or no, that's fine. Or And in his point, th and this was a few years ago, but we actually had the conversation in these very chairs that we are sitting in right oh. now. They're very yep, comfy, they're very leathery. Comfy they even have cup holders. Even well places. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so my husband said, well, actually, there is one thing you can do. He said, I just hate getting the kids dressed in the morning. I hate trying to pick out clothes. I hate picking out mm -hmm. outfits. And so we found out that if I could just put the clothes out for every single day for the kids, that that was one of his biggest stressors. Super small, tiny thing that I didn't even know bugged him or bothered him. But now every time I leave, and just until recently where my kids really are self-sufficient and they can do it now, I would set out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday clothes or Friday, Saturday, Sunday clothes or whatever it was. So he didn't have to think about that. And some people have been critical of him as saying he can't find clothes. I'm like, well, in his defense, sometimes the clothes are in the laundry. Or they're in yeah. a pile on the floor. Yeah. And it's so just it's a different not level of knowing where everything is. It's as just, the shirts yeah. and the pants. Yeah. But that also gets me organized. And if that helps him, that's great. And sometimes I'll say, under what circumstances can I support you in that? And he'll say, I like your ideas. I think that's great. However, have you considered this? And there have been times where the outcome of that conversation is 
you're right, I'm not supposed to do X, Y, or Z because he had information that I didn't have before or my client had information I didn't have before. And so the last question is where discussions come in and doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to get on board, but part of this is you doing your homework in, at the beginning, not just saying, hey, I'm going to lose 10 pounds or save $5,000 or work on this big project. Mm-hmm. But part of it is you figuring out, are you committed to it? And are you committed to the plan? And then what do you need other people to do for you? And being able to ask them that really makes all the difference in walking through that. So, ladies, I'm going to toss it back to you because I just talked for a really long time. And aside from our half-eaten comment. Yes, it's um, good information. I'm still real. processing like the fact that, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Yep. It's all right. I won't tell you about the time my friend picked up a perfectly good piece of pizza off the ground and still ate it. Now, see, but you that just might did. Be okay. That might be really? easier. Like, I'm not talking about, like, floor. I'm talking about, like, outside. Like dirt? Like, sidewalk. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. So okay. I know I I'd have to I'd have to think about this. This could be one of those YouTube dare moments, you know. Yeah. I, would the, you yes eat yes. this uh-huh. half-eaten thing or this thing on the floor? Anyway, back to enrollment. Okay. Thoughts, ideas, contributions. What has worked <clears throat> for you? That's just one thing that's worked for me. I'll I'll just briefly say years and years ago when I got the little bug in my brain saying, "Hey, I want to write a book." And I was even nervous about saying that out loud to myself because that sounded like, at the time, can I write a book? I mean, can I say that? Am I capable of writing a book? I mean, do you have to be a PhD to write a book? You know, I mean, I had all those questions kind of going, I'm a mom, I just had a baby. Um, But I look back at that, not knowing your four-step process, boy, that would have helped. But I, I think it helped. I remember we were in our bedroom, just sitting on the bed, and I started I went in right to past the idea mode and went into, okay, if I'm going to write this book, here's what I have to do. And, and I think I, I was kind of downloading all of the thoughts and information that I had ever, ever thought about writing a book. And I started, if I'm remembering correctly, it's kind of sabotaging my own, like, Ooh, this is going to be hard. And, and, Oh, I've got four kids and my baby is, three months old. What am I thinking? When am I going to have the time? And I already get up early. And, but what he did at that moment is said, Hey, you'll figure it out, but at least, you know, that's something you want to do. Um, I want to be that person that immediately, you know, turns the course because I just was vulnerable enough to say, Hey, I have this dream. I want to write a book. Um, I like that. And I want to be there. I, I think, I think I also need to think about those thoughts of when you start something, are you the one in your own head being positive or negative? Because if you are being negative to yourself, you're likely going to be negative when somebody comes to you just because we reflect, you know, behavior. But that's, I was just thinking of that in terms of enrollment, he actually enrolled me in the process. And I wonder, I wonder if that happens more often than we think, but that was just my experience in that, that moment. I like the idea of enrollment and thinking, how am I going to enroll this person? Not by force, you know, not right. by manipulation, but enroll them. And if they're not on board, to not immediately just shut down and be frustrated. And, right. I mean, there's a lot of emotion that goes into when we put ourselves out there and say, hey, I'd really like to do this. Sure. Vulnerability. Absolutely. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that was just an experience I remembered. Then it turned out good, but I really do look back and go, thank goodness. Sure. He was there to say, and now wait a minute, you know. What would you have to do? Right. Thoughts, Heather? Well, I just keep thinking, I mean, I work work with couples every single week and they come in and the first thing they say is we can't communicate. It's this exact thing, whether it's an idea, whether it's understanding. Essentially, 
the four steps or an idea, all of this comes together in a need to be understood sure, and a need to be validated, which we all need. It's mm-hmm. there's seven basic needs we all have. That's one of them. We need validation. And so what couples have to understand or our spouses or our girlfriends or anyone else's character always trumps communication. We always think, oh, this is a communication issue. I've got to communicate this the right way and say it the right way at the right time. You know that thought when you go to talk to your husband or you, your girlfriends and you're like, is the right time? Is today a good day to do this? You know, is he had a good day at work? Whatever those, that process is. But really, we come to know that character trumps that communication. And character is our ability to make right choices despite emotion or circumstance. That's what character is. And so I think beyond or before we put any of this in place, or I know, we have to make sure our character is in place and hope that whoever we're talking to has their character in place too. Sure. Because if they do, it actually answers both questions. It teaches us how we need to deliver the message, but it also plays to your question, which is how do I be the receiver, right? How do I be the one receiving the message? Well, if you can take your emotion and circumstance out of it and purely have empathy and compassion and understanding for the person talking to you, you're going to find a way to be supportive. We're going to find a way to do that. And in delivering the message, if if my character is in place, when I go to my husband with some grand new scheme I think needs to be applied, you know, if I go to him thinking of him with empathy and compassion for his thoughts and feelings, I'm going to deliver the message the right way. So... I think it's important to realize that character does trump communication. And if we put that in place, then these four steps, they're brilliant. They, they take us right in a path that we need to go. Right. And I think that what you say to that is so important because it's all about how I am talking in the right way that makes him want to listen to me. Right. And also about making sure that I'm having a conversation with my husband where he can feel like he can support me. So I'm giving, I'm preparing in advance to give him the information that he needs. And for some people that conversation might be super quick because they don't need the same amount of information. They don't want all the details and it's going to be fine and done and over with. And for other people, you might know that, but that's part of coming with the character of saying, what can I provide that will make them feel like it's valuable instead of, um, like the time where I had an employee say, I'm going to do this and you can't make me feel bad about it. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And I realized two things in that instant. Number one, something else has happened to our relationship that made them feel like they could talk to me like that and made me feel crystal clear that they were mad about something. Right. Absolutely. They're starting. There's a need. There's something that's not being met. Absolutely. But it came as a total shock to me. So there was Mm -hmm. something and I was like, Hey, let's chat about this for a minute because while my first instinct as a boss was like, you should not talk to me like All that, right. like Defensive. that, this is my business. Immediately, I thought something has happened that made her feel like she could say that and that she was mad enough to say that. And while I'm grateful that she was open to me in some ways, because some people are passive about their anger, um, that was still semi-passive aggressive, let's be honest about that. <laughs> but um, I remember saying, hey, did something happen or did I do something that made you feel like your thoughts weren't validated or that something was wrong. And it was all about a misunderstanding. And she had misinterpreted something that I had said in an email and had read into like, um, she was like, you said this and this and this. And I was like, Oh, that is not how that, I was like, that that is not what that meant at all. And I'm like, you just added like 400 (laughs) sentences of thoughts of something. And so I, it was really good to say, and back to your point on character, is that this only works if you trust each other. This Absolutely. only works if you're going to the people that you need to. And obviously, the conversations work differently with my employees than they do with my husband. 
but I try to give them the same kind of details, but you have to make sure that that relationship is there in any of these cases and fix the places where you might've eroded them. And before I figured out how to talk to people, I had some relationships I had to go fix before I could even have these conversations. And so I think that's really important to say, Hey, if I'm, if I'm looking at my relationship with my friend and we're struggling with something, if I'm going to be really honest about it, there are some things that need to be fixed before this can conversation can even happen. So how do we do that? And how do I acknowledge what I need in order to make sure that it comes out a little bit clearly? Well, and there, there has to be this point where you're seeking I mean, what Covey, you have to seek first to understand if you want to be understood. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. So even when we go to someone and we're presenting this idea and we hope they get on board and we hope they enroll and are supportive, if we don't seek first to understand their opinion of right. what we're saying and their thoughts and feelings, then we've, we've negated everything we're doing. So our, our main focus, it's so funny because in these conversations, I think we're constantly thinking, well, my main purpose is to get you to understand my idea and my commitment and what I want to do. And we got to turn that around. Our main purpose should be to understand their feelings concerning this situation or this idea. And once we truly understand them, it's a lot easier for them to jump on board. It's a lot easier for them to become enrolled in whatever it is we're promoting. But we have to seek to understand first us, the person yeah. delivering the idea. Yeah. And well, then we hope in turn that they'll do the same thing. So let me throw out now a, a scenario that happened just several months ago. So first time my husband is like, yes, Go ahead. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll support you. Write a book. Okay. I wanted to translate one of the smaller books into Spanish. Well, the publisher said, guess what? You've got to pay for the Spanish translation up front. This was a harder conversation to have with husband because husband is an accountant who looks doesn't at money, me, right? Doesn't, you know, and all of it. And I did, I started to have that little panic. Oh no. And when we're talking about seeking to understand I, for days and days, I did not go to him for the fact that I understood that was a hot button. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you, Michelle, since you're our expert today. So, <laughs> okay, so what would you have done? Because I did. I just was, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get the wall. I want to do this so badly. I don't want to have the conversation because I know I'm understanding this is, he's going to come at it at this. What would you suggest if that was my dilemma? Well, and I think that every circumstance is a little is a little bit different. But part of what I think, at least what works for me in communicating this way is acknowledging what I'm going to bring to bring to the table or my plan about it. And so even if it's where you need money for something or you need resources for something, part of the plan part is, hey, this is going to cost me six hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars or the gym membership is 15 bucks a month or 25 bucks a month, whatever that translates to when you're asking for it. Um, in some cases, hey, this just needs to come out of family finances. In other cases, the plan might be, hey, you know, we're going to need to place this up front, but we expect with book sales and with this opportunity that we have that we'll be able to pay that back within this amount of time. So it's not just I want $600 period the end, but what else can you say that says, hey, I acknowledge that this is a important part. And I have a friend who told me about how much it costs for her gym membership and she had this conversation with her husband and her husband was like, hey, that's kind of a lot of money. And she ended up saying, this is my sanity. This is my time. And while I don't have lots of money to be able to pay this back, the conversation with her husband was, this is what I need. This is what needs to happen. And I see a lot of women who are in that case that have and they don't have the resources to be able to pay it back. I have another friend who's a stay at home mom. She brings no income to the table. She likes that her thing is 
exercise and exercise clothes. And her husband will say, gosh, that's we're spending thing. a lot of money on this. Right. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. And I she's like, like this is my so only much thing. Clothes. Oh, I want the clothes. <laughs> I like the exercise too. But her, to him, it was like, this is my only thing. This mm-hmm. is like, I don't spend a lot of money on other clothes. I don't spend a lot of money mm-hmm. on this and this. And so part of that enrolling conversation was, I know that this is an additional expense, but this is what it does for me. And I don't buy other things or I won't go out to eat for the rest. So while I'm we just talked say, around a lot of other things, homework, right? do your do homework and do your plan. Okay. What are you going to, don't just say, hey, I have to have this period the end. What does it mean to you? Why is that important? And um, whether you can help pay for it if it's a money thing or if you can help make it happen in some way, that often helps in ju- instead of just saying, hey, I'm ready to be a drain for one more thing, which I know you never no, would. No. But for other people well, listening so. and applying <laughs> to a whole their, other right. show. Right. <laughs> what do we have left? So, oh, my gosh. Like, we only have two minutes. Okay, so I'm going to so throw exciting. this in here. So on top, just to add to it, always validate first. Always. So validation is a, is a lifting process. It's a process where you look at your spouse or you look at your friend and you say, I recognize this costs money and I'm sorry it's not free. I'm sorry. And and I apologize that it's going to be a little bit of an extra strain these next couple weeks or these next... We have to validate and lift first before we can move forward to then either promote the idea, progress with the idea, or hope that they'll jump on board, right? It's like uh, if you golf, either of you golf no mm-hmm. so but you know what a sand trap looks like right mm-hmm. high side sand in the middle when we get into a sand trap if you hit your ball you can hit it as hard as you want forward until you die that ball is not going to get out of the sand until you provide lift mm-hmm. it has to have loft first mm-hmm. these conversations with our spouse or with the people we love or the people we hope to support us are the exact same way we have to lift it first before we can bridge before we can move forward mm-hmm. so when you approach them and you have your plan and you've done your homework Start with a validation process. Start with the process of recognizing, acknowledging, accepting, apologizing, and then go ahead and say, and I would like to move forward with getting my book published in Spanish, Mm -hmm. right? And once they feel validated and heard and understood, right, you've sought to understand them first, it's very easy for them to turn around and say, okay, you get me. And because you get me, I now feel the trust to go ahead and get you. Right. I can understand that. Well, and I think that's important too. Like I knew when I approached my husband needing to be gone again, that I needed to validate. I know I'm breaking my commitment. Absolutely. And I know know this is a stress. I know know it's hard. And and I know it's hard. And I, he needed me to know and acknowledge that it was a deal. It was a big deal. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like this easy thing. Then we're all going to skip off to la la land. And so I think part of that is acknowledging in some of these cases, like, I know this is going to be difficult, or I know this is going to be hard, or I know this is going to be different. And sometimes it's not hard. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So how do you the order is what messes you up? Yes. If, if you if you save the validation till the end, you sunk work. yourself. You and and anyone, right? If someone comes to me and says, "Heather, I understand and I accept that and I apologize that I am asking for the and I well, oh, okay, you totally know that it's going to drain me of time, energy, money and it's going to stress me out. Okay, I can still listen now because you understand what it's going to do it makes on my a end. Lot of sense. So, so messing up the sequence, we get in trouble with that all the time. Always lift first. Always yeah, I validate mess up first. the sequence because I, I go right out of the gate and have the I, I share the idea without having all the other homework done, and then I'll say, oh, I'll work on that. That's what I was going to tell you next week after I right, right. <laughs> right. But always validate first. It it saves our relationships because it really shows that our character is in place. First yes. and foremost. And mm-hmm. when our character is in place, 
It brings everybody's, you know, negative emotions down. Mm -hmm. It puts vital signs at ease and we can then carry forward with the conversation. Very doable. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for this great conversation and thank you for your ideas and thoughts. And I all think that all of these things are great and not that they're cookie cutters and work in every circumstance, but hopefully we'll give you some suggestions and ideas for ways to talk to the people that you care about most for the conversations that matter the most to you and to your families. So thank you so much for tuning in today. If you've missed past shows, you can find them all at fromthelivingroom.com. You can also play and interact with us on social media at From the Living Room on Facebook and also on Instagram. And until we meet again, we will be live again next Tuesday at noon Mountain Time. You, We wish you and your families and your conversations some living room. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.